Welcome to the Live 1002 podcast, where simple actions are multiplying into extraordinary impact around the world. When we live Luke 10, verse 2, join us today from Houston, Texas, are Don and Teresa, from local megachurch ministry to engaging the refugees to those positive with COVID in the community, to seeing a global impact, training and equipping, and reaching those that have walked through the journey of trafficking. Well, today we're on with Don and Teresa in Houston, Texas, Uh, but their work doesn't stop there. It's also globally in the way the Lord is using them. And so Don and Teresa, would you kick us off with just one of your favorite stories that you are seeing God do right now? Well, here locally in Houston, we have our church, Sugar Creek Baptist Church. We launched out the Hope Initiative, and it's really just using these hope packages of uh, essential food items to provide uh, some hope for people that are most vulnerable in our community as an entry strategy into building relationship and and sharing the gospel and, and such. And we have many facets of that that we've launched out from weekly outreaches to food drives to drive-through food outreaches, but we've also done uh, home visits to really the most vulnerable, just identifying you know, uh, people that are just uh, single household uh, on a, in poverty, poverty level, and just have no support system and shouldn't be need to social distance at a greater extreme and don't have any type of support to help them. And so we identified about a hundred of those people in a, just our, our local region. We've been doing home visits on a, on a weekly basis to them. And just, uh, just seeing people that are on these home visits and just seeing the interaction, the ministry that takes place. Uh, it's just a beautiful relationship that takes place. Some of these are, some of the recipients of these hope packages would be COVID positive patients that are, suffering through the illness, and yet our, our people are, are still ministering to them with the proper safety protocols and social distancing. But we've seen people come into the kingdom, accept Jesus Christ. We've seen our family members who may be out of state, you know, sending us thank you and support, financial support as well, and just, uh, just seeing just a, a great... Uh, just kind of a ripple effect of this grace going forth to the most vulnerable, impacting their lives, impacting the participants that are delivering these hope packages, but also impacting their neighbors and their friends and their family uh, that are associated with them. That's awesome. Praise the Lord. It's incredible how uh, just the church is responding, whether it's a simple church that meets in a home or it's a church that gathers in a building, how the Lord is using them to reach the community. Don and Teresa, would you share just a little bit of your story? I had a radical encounter with Jesus as a young man, but uh, never was discipled and never really understood everything that was happening. I was kind of discipled just by the guys on TV. And, um, and this went on for about 10 years. And then my wife, you know, all along at time, she was, uh, she was a religious person, but not a follower of Jesus. And, um, and then she, she had an encounter with Jesus and, and that, that just led us together to be baptized together. Uh, 
So this was 10 years after my conversion experience. We were baptized together, and then we just started, after baptism, just start seeing the fruit of the ministry in our lives. And so we weren't raised in church. We weren't uh, brought up in church culture or anything. So immediately our idea of church was sharing the gospel with those that were not in church and, and doing tangible acts of grace and ministry to the people that were, were far from God. And then uh, about 20 years ago, God called me into full-time ministry into the church and my role in the church has always been to equip the church to multiply the kingdom. And so that's what we've been doing ever since is really just equipping the church and equipping other churches to multiply the kingdom, both locally and globally. Yeah. I, I've enjoyed um, always working within the community and, and being a part of my community and helping. But um, in the last 10 to 12 years, I've been able to go globally. And that's been a real blessing to be able to go and, and be a part of what Don has, you know, done for so long and um, get real involved in, in different areas that we go to. So that's been a big highlight for me in the past 10 to 12 years, I'd say, that I've been able to travel internationally with him. So in this season of quarantine and this global pandemic, how are you seeing it affect your vision? And would you share a little bit about what your vision is? Well, our, our vision has always been equip the church to multiply the kingdom. And it's the quarantine and the, the pandemic has just really just created new opportunities of, of that. Of You know, we've already been laying the groundwork of all these principles of multiplication uh, all the partnership paradigms that we've developed both locally and globally, uh, all that seems to be almost in preparation for this moment because we're seeing really right now just a, an explosive just impact both locally and globally. Huh? One of the things has been these this hope initiative, the, these hope packages, using them as an entry strategy in the lostness both locally and globally. I just shared with you the story of what we're doing here locally. Some of that is we're doing targeted food outreaches into uh, uh, most vulnerable neighborhoods here locally. So, you know, one, one weekend we'll be in the immigrant refugee community, uh, building relationships and just ministering in the gospel to 150 families, mainly Rohingya and, and Burmese Muslims and refugees. The next week we'll be in a, uh, the urban setting of where the drugs and human trafficking and all that's take place. And, and then some of these uh, first generation Spanish communities will be in. So some of the most vulnerable communities that these are areas where we're targeting with the gospel and church planning, and we're seeing breakthroughs as a result of, of bringing forth these hope packages that's locally. And then our network of partners and some of the, darkest places in the world in South Asia and even in Japan and and in the Venezuela refugee crisis of Colombia. Uh, we've been able to release funds, uh, significant funds to, to help them uh, purchase necessary food items and, and deliver these hope packages. And, and basically it's gone to, we've got a report just in the past two months, tens of thousands of 
families have been receiving these packages. Tens of thousands have received the gospel. We've seen thousands of green lights and and new churches starting in, in these dark places. So we're just seeing just an extravagant, you know, outpouring of the gospel of grace going forth and really just having tangible effects and, and seeing the kingdom multiply as a result. Yeah, one of the things that I've been involved in is a ministry that we start, started in South Asia. And uh, we've had women that have been rescued from the red light districts and they now um, come in, they learn to sew. Some of them, you know, are very basic beginners, but some have advanced and they make um, beautiful bags for us. And uh, during this pandemic, it's called Hilltop of Hope. Um, and we've been just Mother's Day weekend was two year um, anniversary of our first sale that we had. And what's happened with this pandemic is the good thing is the red light districts are shut down. Um, but these ladies have no way, you know, of making um, money at this point, but um, I'll get to what we're doing uh, to help support them in that. But the other great thing that's happened is these ladies um, have been able to go back to their home villages. And now that they're going back to their home villages, they are able to go back to their families, to their villages and share what Jesus has done in their lives, because all of these women have, you know, accepted Jesus. They've been discipled, and now they're able to go back home and start sharing. And we're seeing, as Don was talking, we're just seeing thousands that are hearing the gospel, some for the first time, and that are are now ready to accept it. They've seen a change, maybe in their daughter's life, or you know, the, her family's lives, whatever it might be. And so we're the receptivity right now of the gospel is incredible. It's, it's going like wildfire. And in the, the areas, the red light districts, they have been shut down. So we here in the United States, what we've done here in Texas, we have a group of us um, that are all volunteers with Hilltop of Hope. Um, and we started making masks. Uh, we were asked to make masks for a certain food place. And so we started there and then people were asking us left and right for them. And so the proceeds from all of the masks that we have been making, we just put right into Hilltop of Hope so that we are still able to fund the ministry and help each month with our commitment that we had because we can't sell the bags right now. Uh, Typically we have great big Mother's Day sale and that brings in a lot of revenue, but we couldn't have that this year. So um, this was a way that we could step in tangibly and still help um, keep the ministry going uh, so we could send financial uh, money or financial aid there to um, Hilltop of Hope. And uh, so that's been a huge effort, but it definitely um, is continuing to support the ministry of Hilltop of Hope. Praise the Lord. Hearing that the red light districts are shut down in this time of quarantine and social distancing is probably the best news I've heard today. I know. It's incredible. <laughs> mm-hmm. The beautiful part of Hilltop of Hope is all those ladies that were rescued were trained to multiply disciples. Mm-hmm. And these same simple reproducible evangelism discipleship tools. So they've been trained to live in them out. So now they're being forced to go back to their home villages. And you know, even the government's 
funding their transportation <laughs> and uh, and they're going back into these home villages using those tools now to make disciples in their villages. And also our ministry is now expanding in a sense that these funds are used to help them now to create new type of social enterprise in those villages with the expectation that they're not coming back into the, the sex industry. Wow, that's amazing. Is Sugar Creek considered a mega church? Uh, Sugar Creek it's, uh, would be considered a mega church. I mean, in Houston, it's a mega church city. So we're, we're <laughs> a mini mega church in Houston. <laughs> um, so we average attendance about 4,500 before the pandemic. Our online presence has been incredibly uh, influential, and it's, we're seeing an average of eight to 9,000 people uh, watching our online worship services. And then uh, we have several thousand right now in connect groups online uh, throughout the week. So we would be considered in Houston a, a mega church, but a smaller mega church because you've got mega churches the size of 50,000 uh, worshipers on a Sunday. Wow. What are some of the ways that you've been able to mobilize and catalyze this church towards the vision of multiplication, and especially in this time of the pandemic? The vision of multiplying the kingdom and the multiplication principles uh, began on a mission field at the ends of the earth. And then we started applying them here locally in Houston. We do have the nations here in Houston. And we just started seeing fruit, both uh, internationally and, and locally. And we started training in these tools and these principles called gospel conversation training. Uh, it's what many people may call the 411 now or. Uh, but we started training five, six hour workshop going out into the harvest, Luke 10. Uh, and we trained here locally every month uh, starting in 2015. And up until the pandemic locked everything down, we had trained about 2,700 adults. So it really became a part of the culture of our church. Uh, the very much gospel fluency, these principles, this language building intentional relationships with people far from God really became uh, the gospel-centered culture of the church at every, in every ministry. Um, now with the pandemic, you know, we're not doing face-to-face -face training and, and uh, it's not as so you can't do the Luke 10 to the same degree or you can't engage lostness in the same degree, but you know, we have found a creative ways using the, the hope packages, these essential food items as an entry strategy, but we're also uh, have changed our, our training model. We're going online as everybody is, and uh, we're using Zoom. We're using a six-week format uh, similar to the commands of Christ, but a different new teaching set. It's uh, really geared towards building up disciples that'll make disciples over six weeks with practice sessions that are all part of the 411 and even the abiding tools that we teach of, of SWAP. Uh, so we also got lined up with that six weeks of the sword group of this online three thirds learning community. We've also uh, created coaches, all our swarm team, our gospel trainers, both English and Spanish. We have a, a good section of those. We have probably about 30 English trainers that are really strong uh, trainers. And then we have about another 
dozen to 15 Spanish trainers that have a lot of experience and and uh, really great practitioners. So now they're going to be coaches for this online learning format and helping people. You know, they're going to get to practice these tools and such as three circles or 15 second testimony or building their relationship map. Uh, they're going to practice these tools over that six weeks. So it's kind of being modeled for them, but then they'll have coaches assigned to them that will help them to assist and to watch them apply these tools within their circle of influence. So the whole idea of joining one of these sword groups is with the vision of, of reproducing it and making disciples within your circle of influence. So we're launching that out here broadly within our church, our connect group online, or basically our small group leaders are required to attend this training, six weeks training. Uh, and the No Place Left Houston network, we're launching it out. And then the No Place Left Baltimore network, uh, that we just seen a lot of traction with. It's being launched out in our South Asia uh, partnerships at a major city in South Asia. Uh, we're training them in these tools and principles and continuing that format. And also throughout Colombia, we've partnered with a major denomination in Colombia, and we're rolling this out uh, within their denomination all over Colombia. It's incredible how training just like Paul did when he said, you know, to Timothy, pass it on to faithful men who will train others and who will teach others. <laughs> and so Second Timothy 2.2 at work. So what are some of the other stories that just excite you about what God is doing during this season? Yeah, just seeing, uh, we're seeing it every, I think everyone around the world is seeing just a receptivity to the gospel, um, new innovative ways of doing ministry. And these, you know, the worship is going out of the, the big room with the professional worship teams and going into the homes and, you know, within the families and, you know, people I think are enjoying that. And, you know, we've had the foundations uh, prepared for this moment with all these the No Place Left movement and all these tools and all this training that have gone forth uh, in the United States and all over the world. And so it just really seems to be for a time such as this. And then, like I said, we've seen with these hope packages, just extraordinary fruit. I'm just, the reports I'm getting in on a daily basis, the baptisms, the new churches that are forming, it's just phenomenal. And just the boldness. I mean, we're just seeing a boldness and in place of fear, we're seeing just uh, the body of Christ was just walked boldly and and just engaging people that are far from God and just seeing the hand of God just produce fruit. Amen. How are you seeing this pandemic affect and impact the ministry that you all have seen multiplied among the prisons? Yeah, that's a that's a challenging question because the prisons here in Texas are locked down. I mean, they're tightly locked down, so they're not meeting in chapel. They're, they're, it's almost like a solitary confinement to some degree. And so we're not allowed any access into the prisons, and, and, um, and we're not getting any reports from them. Um, we did get one report that it did shut down, like this whole residency program that we had running at one of the larger prisons. Then at a third prison where we had just started a residency program, they were 
they were still seeing fruit at the early stages of this pandemic, but I just don't have enough communication with them because of the lockdown and the stringent rules that they have mm-hmm. with the Texas prison system to really understand it. But I imagine it's probably limited. Uh, they have no mobility, no outsiders are allowed to visit. And so it's, it's probably limited uh, what's taking place, the movement that was taking place there. Mm, definitely something to keep on our prayer list mm-hmm. and that they'd be strengthened by the Lord and that God would open up doors and possibilities in the right time. So as uh, ministry leaders and church leaders, what was it like in the process of finding and creating some of these innovative ideas that you all been using in this time of the pandemic? Well, part of it was we had great partnership relationships. Just, uh, just we were already partnering with the right people using the the right tools, and and uh, so it was easy, kind of shifting to, you know, to minister effectively in this this crisis. Uh, all of us saw the potential of the of the hope packages I've called these essential food packages and then coupling that with as an entry strategy into lostness. So it just, it was a natural fit both locally and globally right there. And so I think it was really just the foundations were all set and we had a strong foundation of, of these principles and, and, and people that could apply these, these tools, whether it's online or, in their whatever their setting is, and then all our partners uh, speak the same language, have the same vision of multiplication, whether a compassion ministry or a biblical justice ministry or sex trafficking, you know, human human trafficking ministry, they they all espouse and, and apply these multiplication principles. So, you know, when this just took place, it just forced us to really engage those tools, engage those processes and principles at a a deeper level. So it's like the foundation was already set for this moment. So good. How would you challenge and encourage church leaders that are wanting to make the shift or realizing that uh, they're needing to, to make the shift in different ways to see people both be cared for and shepherd and also reach those who are uh, vulnerable and those who don't know the Lord. Well, everyone by this time has adapted to some degree, they've gone online. They've they've gotten smaller. They've gotten into more intimate settings, and so this is the new normal, and it's going to be a new way of of doing church and ministry moving forward. And and it uh, you will never be able to go back completely to the way it was. I mean, it's just so just recognize that this is a, a Kairos moment that God has created. And just uh, this both and of someday we will be able to come back fully into our worship services, experience those programmed ministries that our children and and youth enjoy and all that. But at the same time, we can't abandon what God has allowed to be birthed here as we we got small, we got into the homes, we got decentralized, we we pushed discipleship and 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 worship into the households, into the families. And uh, so we need to, to continue to grasp a hold of that and, 
and, and to continue to discover and learn all of its potential. And I think it's a, a moment that God has really created for us and that we can never shift back to what it was. Amen. So Don and Teresa, as we close out, is there anything else you all would like to share? We were talking about you today, Mary. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for taking the time to, to just hop on and share just a glimpse of what the Lord is doing uh, through the ministry that he is giving you all to steward and just the work that God is bringing breakthrough around the world. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you, Mary. That's a good word, steward. You know, all of us are, anyone listening to this podcast is a steward of the ministry and the resources that God's provided. And um, this is a, a moment where God's heart, God's heart for the nations and seeing his glory spread to the nations this is a moment where just as like he's created a wide open door for it, a wide open door for effective ministry. And this is a door we need to, to run through and continue just to, you know, allow the Holy Spirit, just this flood of the Holy Spirit, this, this prevailing grace that's being poured forth uh, in, a, in a context of this virus that, that brings forth healing and wholeness and and just uh, brings forth the glory of God. This is a, this is a moment, seize this moment, and steward it well. Thank you for listening. Join us as we live Luke 10, verse 2, until there is no place left. Resources about these trainings mentioned can be found at www.live1002.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, feel free to rate it, leave a comment, subscribe, and share with a friend. Who is one person that you can reach out to in your neighborhood this week?